0: Gospel according to St John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish but what are they for so many jesus said have the people sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down about five thousand in number jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted and when they had eaten their fill he told his disciples "'Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost.' So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, "'This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world.' Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself." This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, things are never good enough for us, are they? Let's just be honest, they aren't. We're never satisfied. We get those good gifts coming to us, and instead of being content, Well, maybe perhaps we're content for just a little bit, but then once that contentment goes away, we either want more of the same thing or something different. When we don't get what we want, well, we grumble, we complain. Yeah, we sure do. You see, these eyes and these stomachs and these hearts that we have, these eyes and hearts and stomachs that we have, they're greedy and gluttonous and full of lust. They're broken. They have a perverted love for many things. And so our eyes and our hearts and our stomachs, they settle to acquire and to get and to obtain the things that we think that we need. We get and we accumulate many things for ourselves that will supposedly, yeah, supposedly satisfy us. But here's the catch. Once we get many things and once we obtain them into our possession, we overconsume to the point of being wasteful yet again. It does not stop there. After we have gathered a bunch of stuff to ourselves and over-consumed, well, we begin the whole process over again. It's a cycle. Again and again and again we consume. And that contentment is there for but a moment. And then, yes, those eyes and hearts and stomachs, they go the way of greed, gluttony, and lust Now, whether it is money or sex or power or food or clothing or toys or something else, all of us here in this sanctuary, we all act the same way. We all have this intense and strong desire to be satisfied. We want to be satisfied. Deep down, we have an intense longing to be satisfied, to feel secure, to feel calm, to feel settled. And so, we do everything possible in this life to try to obtain, to try and obtain this so-called satisfaction. In our reading from the Gospel of John, it's quite clear that Jesus satisfied the crowd. The crowd was there, the crowd was hungry, and Jesus fed them. He multiplied bread and fish to feed them. And get this, he fed them as much as they wanted. They were indeed completely satisfied with many leftovers. However, right there, after they were satisfied, it is extremely important for us to note and to understand that the people decided to come and try to take Jesus by force. In other words, Jesus, he gave them good things, no doubt about it, he gave them good things, but they wanted to make sure that those good things would keep on coming to them. Technically stated, their satisfaction was quickly chased away by greed and lust. Now, Two things are going on in our reading from the Gospel of John this morning. The first is this, is that we humans, we have a constant need with our eyes and our stomachs and hearts, a constant need that drives us to, again, as we've mentioned already, to greed and gluttony and lust. Our sinful appetite, we could say, is never-ending. It's always in the mode of gathering, always consuming, And then wanting more again and again. We could say it this way there's simply no bottom to this appetite of the sinful nature. And the same was true with that crowd in our gospel reading from the Gospel of John. But there's something else that goes with us as humans, and that is this. Right alongside this appetite for these things, we simultaneously can come to believe at the same time that the Lord God is envious, that our God is envious. That is to say, it's easy to believe that our Lord likes to somehow withhold the good gifts from his creatures, from his creatures, that is us. We believe that our Lord has good gifts, but then he somehow does not hand them out to us because he wants to make sure that we're always under his thumb. Supposedly, we think, if God withholds some of these good gifts that we so desire, that we want, well, then he will always be in control and we will always be in need And so we believe that if God holds back just a little bit, well, he can keep us under his boot. He can keep us groveling for more. This is the reason now why the people were about to capture Jesus in our reading from the Gospel of John. They saw Jesus was about to retire. They perceived that Jesus was not as ambitious as they were hoping, that he was not willing to be that long-expected king that they had so hoped for. According to them, Jesus was... Holding back, and so they decided to try and take him by force. They wanted to seize Jesus to keep the goods coming. Now, dear friends, do you see how this kind of thinking is absolutely toxic and poisonous? You see, humanity has this unending desire to acquire and to get, to accumulate things, to feed our greed and our gluttony and lust. And then at the same time, we believe that the Lord has what we need, that he has the goods, but he's somehow withholding them from us. And so we believe that God is envious, a prude or a cheapskate who does not want us to be happy and have good things. And so this mindset, it wreaks havoc on everyone. It wreaks havoc on many people inside the church And people outside the church as well now for those inside the church all you have to do is listen to those late night television evangelists or those popular religious teachers who appear on oprah's super soul sunday show you know who i'm talking about even if you have not seen these shows you know who i'm talking about we're talking about those schemers dressed in fancy suits spewing forth a bunch of crap in the name of god if you listen carefully they will actually appeal to greed. They'll appeal to gluttony. They'll appeal to your lusts. They fan it. They stoke the fire. They encourage the old Adam. And then, at the same time, they treat God as if he's some sort of envious God who withholds good gifts from his creatures. But here's the catch. These religious hustlers, these snakes, if you will, they say that they have the solution to get God to release those good gifts to you and me. Yes, if you listen to these religious hustlers and do what these religious snakes say, they will actually instruct you and me on techniques to somehow storm the gates of heaven, to get God to release the goods for us. And then once you have then overcome this stingy and envious God, when he releases his goods to you that you actually deserve, they say, well, then you will finally have everything that you've ever dreamed of, and your life will be finally content. Your life will be finally content. Dear God Almighty, Lord, have mercy on us humans. What wretched, filthy, and disgusting theology. May these religious hustlers, these pathetic snakes, be driven to repentance a thousand times over. And may you and me be given ears and eyes to discern this garbage that they are swindling on television and so forth, that they are spewing forth. May God grant us repentance for the times also that we have actually believed these lies. Yes, when we believe these lies. Now, there's also a great tragedy for those outside the church as well, those outside the walls of the church. And that is this too. They believe that God is envious that he has withheld good gifts from them. You see, the good majority of the people outside the walls of the church, they have this peculiar but predictable pattern of congratulating themselves for the good things that are in their lives, the good things that have happened, the good that they have. While at the same time, they blame God for the bad things that happen. For them, mankind is generous and good. Mankind has a perhaps a divine spark within of goodness way deep within And God, well, God is envious, he's mean, and he withholds gifts from them. And so it does not make sense for them to go to church because God doesn't do anything to satisfy them anyway. Why waste time with an envious God when good things only come from the collaboration of mankind? Dear friends, please listen up. Our Lord is not interested, and he will not satisfy our sinful longings. The reason is they can never be satisfied. They can never be satisfied. Our greed, our gluttony, our lusts, they're unending desires, and there is no bottom to them, and there's no end to them. And so the only solution for these desires is not to somehow try to appease them, but it is to crucify them, for them to be crucified, for them to be put to end, in repentance. And so, dear friends, repent not only of your greed and gluttony and lust, but also believing that these sinful desires can be satisfied in this life. They can't be, and so they must be crucified unto Christ. Furthermore, let us, you and me, all of us together, let us repent of believing that it is Jesus' job to satisfy our sinful longings to begin with. You see, our Lord, He will not give us as his children, snakes to play with. He will not prop up a burning house, if you will. He will not uphold the games and the schemes of the old Adam, nor the lies of the devil. And so repent. Yes, you and me, we need repentance together. Repentance of beating our chest, confessing our sins unto Christ. But my friends, do not only repent but in your repentance hear the goodness of our lord the good news of the gospel for you you see our lord is a giving god he is not stingy he's not envious but he is a giving god who longs to satisfy you and me with good gifts not the gifts that our sinful nature desires but the good gifts that we so desperately we so desperately need for example Consider this right now. Are you breathing? Are you breathing right now? If so, the very air that you and I breathe, it is a gift to you from God. Are you clothed today? I certainly hope so, right? If so, those clothes that you wear right now to give you warmth in our North Dakota weather, those clothes themselves are gifts from a giving God. Is your belly full of food and drink? Eggs, pancakes, coffee, juice, rolls? If so, if your belly is full of food and drink, if it is full of food and drink, if so, that food and that drink is a gift of God to you. Did you sleep in a bed last night in a heat-controlled house or apartment? If so, that house or that apartment, they're all gifts to you and me. Do you have a job? Do you have income? Do you have friends? Do you have a church home? Do you have a police that protect you, a fire department that keeps you safe? Do you have teachers that teach you, and so forth? If so, they are gifts of God to you. Your good God. He gives you good gifts. He's not envious. He's not stingy. He provides you for what you actually need. But perhaps the greatest thing that has not been mentioned thus far is this. He provides you with himself. Yes, with himself. Your Jesus does not give you a version of himself that you want or you think that you need, but he gives you himself as he actually is. In Christ, baptized saints, you receive not the Savior you want, but the Savior you actually need. He gives you himself bloodied on a cross and risen from the grave, all for the forgiveness of all of your sins, to completely atone for all of your sins all the sins that we mentioned thus far, completely and totally atoned for in Christ for you as a gift. He gives you his life, and this life truly satisfies. And so chins up, baptized saints. Listen up. Listen to the good gospel right here for you. Your Jesus, he satisfies the wrath of God. Your Jesus, he satisfies the condemnation of, and the guilt of your sin, there's no condemnation for you in Christ. You're Jesus. He satisfies your troubled conscience so that you can sleep with both eyes shut at night, knowing all is accomplished in Him. He satisfies the questions of who you are, where you are going in this life, and how you will get there, for He confesses in the Holy Gospels that He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that truly satisfies you he satisfies you so you shall not want even when you go through the valley of the shadow of death you shall have no fear because your good shepherd is with you and he provides for you and perhaps the most practical application of all of this is right before you at this altar he satisfies you today through receiving his body and blood he revives your drooping head He invites you to the table, and he gives you his good gifts. The table is set, and he has gifts for you. His cup brims with blessings, all for you. For he is neither envious nor stingy in his forgiveness, life, and salvation. Again, your Jesus gives you not what you want, but exactly what you need. And the simple fact of the matter is this. Christ is enough. It's that simple. Your Jesus is enough. In the name of Christ, your Lord, who gives to you good gifts, Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon. From Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsmynot.org. The, the Lord, Lord bless, bless and keep you. And keep you.